You're about to embark on a journey through the written word of God on subjects that deal with today. This is Brothers Just Searching. How you doing, everyone? Welcome to this episode of Brothers Just Searching, where we talk about God's Word and current world events to educate and to edify the believers of Jesus Christ. I'm Isaac Hayes on my left, Anthony Hayes on my right, Aubrey Box. Across the table here on my left is Bowen Roban, and we have a special guest tonight here on the right side of the across the table from me, Mr. Ken Carmouche. Did I say it right? Yeah. You did. Hey. Hey. You got it. Is that, is that a Cajun name? I got a question. Is that it, a Cajun? It is. That's why I could say it. Yeah. Uh, if I talk to people like Alan Seaball, I mess up his name. You usually, <laughs> usually struggle with that, but congratulations. Do. But right. talking to politicians and all their names, I'm starting to get a little better. Hmm. The other day, I messed up on somebody's first name, not their last name. So I was excited. Well, could I ask you, do you know what it means? Carmouche? You could pronounce it, but do you know what it means? No, sir. <laughs> oh. My vocabulary of Cajun French is... Very limited. Now, don't get Bowen on that because Bowen, <laughs> Bowen might go off the rails. You know, TikTok's famous for you, by the he, way. He's the pro at that. Yeah, TikTok loves me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what does Kumar call mean? I mean, by fly. By a fly? By a fly. By a fly. By a moosh. By a moosh. I think and some mush. of my ancestors Typical probably and fly swatters. Oh. Fly. <laughs> Oh, what's your last name mean? Uh, Ruben. Ruben Robin. A bird. Like birds. <laughs> <laughs> so. But my first name, Bowen, means my son. Ah. My daddy mm. found that in a book. It means my son. Mm. Yeah, you somebody's son. Well, I sure hope so. You're the heavenly father's son. I hope son. I wasn't born by a chicken. <laughs> well, well, maybe well, a Robin. It'll well, <laughs> explain a few things. Yeah, at least you get real evolution. <laughs> but anyway, so we're here to hear Mr. Ken Carmouche's uh, testimony. But oh, before yeah. that, we got an announcement. Oh, Lord. Boogie, do you know the announcement? No. <laughs> oh, Bowen, you must know the announcement. The announcement. The announcement. Big announcement. What announcement? I will not be the only married man on Brothers Just Searching after oh, November. He knows oh, that. Oh, congratulations. He's right. engaged. Yeah. Congratulations. Congratulations. Enjoy your freedom when you can. <laughs> <laughs> hey, even if I won't be as free, uh -huh. I I'll be uh, definitely in a good process. Good, you know. Well, dual building, <laughs> dual building process. Well, well, I, I, I could answer that question. The, the Bible says a man that find it a wife find it a good thing. Not in my book. <laughs> Not in my book. <laughs> nah. hey, I, I was married 20 years. I caught my wife cheating. I caught my wife sleeping with another man. Not in my book. I'll be like Paul. I'll stay unmarried. <laughs> hey, Bowen, I hope you're not hurt if I don't ask you for relationship advice. What's that? <laughs> Ma marriage advice? You're not gonna. He's not, you're not gonna give him marriage advice. No. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> I'll let the Lord deal with you about that. <laughs> he's like, I Lord, hope he does. Show Aubrey, Lord, show Aubrey. I'll be praying for you, Aubrey. Believe me. No. When you're gonna hitch up and your wife and you're gonna be together, I'm gonna say, Lord, teach him some lessons. Bo I appreciate <laughs> it. Yeah, you see, you see, Bowen, when you'll be in the aisle, Bowen be grabbing your leg, like, don't do it, Bowen. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll, I'll be, be dragging him all the way there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, on, on a serious note, though, marriage is a good thing. Yes it, it yes, it is. Yes, it is for some thing. people. Amen. For some people, it is. For some people, it's not. 
It was just meant for you to be alone, boy. It was meant for me to be alone, and I'm a very happy man. Hey, I'm I c- a blessed man. I confirm that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a blessed man. I'm, I'm blessed. I'm still That's hunting. Right. <laughs> you still hunting. <laughs> I hope you don't so, pull the trigger. Hey, 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 we can do, we can do, we can do like the Mark Lyra song when he was looking for a wife, and he had the beginning of the music yeah. video. He said, "Call this number one eight hundred love Mark." We're gonna go one eight hundred love boo. boo. <laughs> <laughs> so, but anyway, congratulations, Aubrey. Hey, thank you, I appreciate it. Does 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 Brooke listen to this uh, this she show? She sure does. Oh, she, you she's gonna hear this later on, and Bro, she's gonna be, sorry. I'm gonna get shot. <laughs> <laughs> hey, she knows. She knows it, it's not pointed at her. Yeah, your criticism. Yeah. She she knows we're crazy. <laughs> she knows we're not she out knows. there. We're a bunch of fruitcakes. I like it. I like it. Kim said he might come more often. I like it. I like it. I hope you have some good uh, marriage. You know stories. I do, but I didn't start off all good. You know? <laughs> I was, but I thank was a God, yeah. <laughs> the Lord changed me. Mm. Yeah, amen. The Lord hey, changed me. We're here to hear all about it. Yeah. So in November, when Aubrey's not here, don't ask where he's at. Okay, great. Uh, so great. Great. Oh, that's the date. That's the wedding date. <laughs> you already forgetting? Oh no. That was, Brooklyn no, I didn't here. forget. I was just clarifying. Oh, you clarified. For, for the audience, of course. <laughs> anyway, but Aubrey, again, congratulations. So, mm. Aubrey, I'll be thinking about you. You know, it's going to be nice, though. I can come here and say I'm not the only married guy. Yeah, you know, there'll that. be two of us. There'll be two. That's right. Today, That's right. today there's two, yeah. right? Yeah. Well, today, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. Yes, too. Yeah, he's yeah. still in. He's still in the same. Yeah. He's still in games. He's in the incubator. Yeah. Incubator. Good way to put it, yeah. my friend. Good way to put it. <laughs> so, so, with that being said, um, I don't. There's no other major announcements. Oh well. Before we go on, I do want to talk to the audience here. Uh, we are uh, teaming up with a company called Give a Derm. It's for dermatology, and uh, it is a skincare product that is all is all natural, uh, according to the owners of the company, who is a all is all female led company, uh, conservative company too, by the way, and they said that it's all natural. You can even eat this stuff. I have not tried it, and they do not recommend it. So, hey, can I ask you a question? Will they make Bowen more beautiful? You you lost your <laughs> battle, buddy. You done lost the battle. It's not to make you look beautiful. It's to make your skin soft and tender. Why, can they change the face? Yeah. No, <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. But you asking Miss Jennifer? Uh, no, I've got her name. Uh, the, the owners of Give a Derm, a lot, man. Anyway, it's but, a mob miracle. <laughs> but anyway, Give a Derm is a is a dermatology company. As I said, skincare product. They sent me and my wife some products. Great products. Love their soap. Their soap is all natural. Um, my wife loves the skin the skin treatment and yeah. the facials and stuff like that. And a great company, great people. And they love the Lord, good Christian company. Very so, nice. in the description of this video, we're going to have a link to their products. And if you can go ahead and hit that link, and every time you buy some, it would help us out. But at the same time, when you go on that product, go on that link, hit the promo code BGS Media 10, BGS Media 10, and you get 10% off the product. Go. So, Bowen. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I will call. It's Miss Gloria. I will call. I think it's Julianne or something like that. Julianne, sorry, forgive me if she's listening. Um, I will call her and see. I'll send her a picture. And she she might say we don't do plastic surgery. So does she do rubber surgery? I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, 
<laughs> so with that uh, out the way, how about, how, how about just plain paint, spray paint? Well, I can get that at the Dollar General. Yeah, I don't know what color to use. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so let's go ahead and get into our our topic of tonight, which is Mr. Ken. Uh, Mr. Ken Bowen uh, came to us a while back and said that you had a great testimony, and we love hearing testimonies of what mm-hmm. Jesus has done for individuals. Uh, just start from the beginning, my brother. Who are you and where are you from? Sure. I want to give thanks to uh, Almighty God who allow us to come together to meet. And I I think uh, Bowen would be the mediator that God used in order for me to meet you brothers tonight. So I appreciate what God has done, and thank you for inviting me to the show. You're very welcome. Glad Uh, glad you're here, and uh, thank you for coming. I'm really enjoying the energy here. (laughs) (laughs) You guys are some comics. (laughs) Why do every person we interview say that? You guys are funny, man. Ken, Ken, I'm going to tell you something. What you're seeing right here, we do this a lot, but we love each other. We do. We love each other. We, We pick a little bit. I see. Yeah. I see, but it's good, good wholesome picking. That's yes, right. Sir. That's right. You know, most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> so it's it's nice. I didn't think um, Bowen had that much comic in him. Oh, I got. He's a not lot like of... this at work. Well, no. he's no, not no, not, not really. Like this. Not really. No, not like not really. this. No, not really. No, no I'm not like this. Yeah. I'll be honest. I'm not. But I'm more serious at work. You know. I, I mean, I, I kid. You know, I make people laugh, but not like over here. You know, you save all that. For but us. you can ask Mister Ken. People like me at work. Oh, very much, very people much. Like He's they a good do. guy. Yeah, they like. So you're not me. funny, but they like you. But they yeah. like. He's yeah. funny here, but we don't like him. No, don't, <laughs> no, no, they don't like me. They don't like me because I'm funny or friendly. They like me because I do my work. Right. No, I'm just that's messing true. with you. Know, that's that's true. But Mister Ken, share your testimony with us. Sure. Um, do that, man. Um, I've been married 39 years. It pretty much started. Um, I was an army brat. My dad was in the military for 40 years. Uh, he was a commanding sergeant major, went all over the world with him and my mother. Um, after high school, I decided to go to college, and um, I didn't do so well. I'm going to tell you that right now. I took a 4.0 grade point average, and I brought it down to 1.75 grade point average in about a year and a half. Wow. Yep. Did it. Wasn't happy about it, but I met this girl. And um, I decided, we were getting very, very close. I decided, hey, I'm going to marry this girl. And I wound up quitting a job. I wound up quitting school. And I I was going to tell my dad I was going into the Army because I I needed income in order to take care of this this woman. And um, he didn't like it. He didn't want me to follow his path. And because his path had been kind of a bloody path. He, he was, he'd been to Korea and he had been to Vietnam and he had the battle scores to go with it. And he didn't want me to take that, that journey in the, on that path. So when I approached him one morning, he just about hit the ceiling with that idea. He took away, he had bought me a brand new car and he took that away from me. So I was pretty much empty. And got married, went straight into the Army. And after um, basic training, AIT and jump training at Fort Benning, uh, Georgia, I went straight to Grenade in 83. And um, that would, um, 
developed my career from there. I wound up spending most of my time at Fort Lewis, Washington. Uh, I boxed five years. I'm a boxer. I won, wow. gold, I won Golden Gloves here in the state three years straight as a teenager. Who, who's some of the people you went up? Cause you, said, you went to the Golden Gloves. You Roman to, George, Selden LeBlanc. I'm, this is like in the 70s. Long time ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's very, a long time very, ago. Um, um, ben, ba- ben Babineau was um, my coach uh, in Lafayette. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, he would, he would get um, young African-American boys, you know, try to uh, allow them or help them to stay on the narrow path, stay out of trouble. And I was, I was in that group. And although I came from a pretty good family um, with very uh, disciplinary parents, um, I grew up with these boys. So, uh, and also I wanted to learn how to fight so I wouldn't get beat. <laughs> <laughs> so I was able. Um, I might look pretty big. I'm about two eighty. I boxed at one forty seven. Oh. And I kept that for many, many years. But as soon as I came back to Louisiana, <laughs> eating gumbos, boot and balls, etouffee, and I'm a pretty good cook myself, so I gained a lot of weight. And um, so let me, let me start when I was in the military. Um, around 1985, I, had a, I took a jump. We had to make two jumps a month. And if you didn't, you get Article 15. So I was—I'm a procrastinator. I wait to the last minute to do things, last day. And I'd wait to the last day. If you know Washington State is a very windy state, very rainy state, and the day I jumped was very windy. Air got under my parachute. I wound up jumping in an unmarked field. That was the first jump, and uh, got back up in the plane <clears throat> and jumped again. And wound up hitting some evergreen trees. Um, I broke my back. I had a concussion. That's why I have a problem with my memory. And um, I was paralyzed for 10 months. Wow. Learned to walk again. The first month, I didn't even know my wife. I just thought it was a beautiful woman coming to visit me <laughs> wow, every day. How, luck, how lucky were you? I was very lucky. <laughs> I was very lucky. When I did come to and, and started understanding my surroundings, I said, I say, sweetheart, this young, pretty girl keep coming over here and bugging me every day, want, wanting to give me cis bats. <laughs> and I was just say, where's me? <laughs> But are you cheating? <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. <laughs> but anyway, um, that's when I was told that I didn't meet the requirements anymore. And that was, I mean, that was one of the worst news I ever heard uh, at that time. Very young. Um, came back to Louisiana. I had a dad that was, was very, very ill. I wanted to be with him, get closer to him because we were kind of distant from each other while I was in the military. And I did, was able to do that. But nursing the back, I've had five back surgeries. I I walked 13 years with a cane. I also was addicted to prescription drugs for many, many years. And being a veteran, being a disabled veteran, fighting in the war, it was very, very easy to get these prescriptions very easy by the crates unfortunately and um it wasn't until um i realized i had a problem 
Um, I had a bottle of um, Lortab at that time, about 100 um, pills they would send at a time. It was supposed to last about a three-month span. And I'm sitting there with no pills in the bottle, the cap off, laying on the sofa, incruciating pain. My wife walks in. She said, oh, are you still hurting? I said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to call the doctor and get some more medication. She looks at the pill bottle, and she said, Ken, this bottle is only three days old. Wow. Go! But at that time, I had um, um, found the Lord. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you something, um, what we don't understand sometimes. You know when someone hears a sermon and they move from the pew, the, the word has stricken them, the word has pierced their heart, and they moved to the front pew. We, we need to have compassion. Yep. Yeah. We really yeah. do because right. what they're going through is similar to what we have been through or going to go through or just coming out of. Right. And we need to go there and hug them, pray for them, see if we could assist them. I was in the church preaching the gospel and dealing with an addiction. I didn't know who to go to. Yes, yeah, you got to think about it. You're preaching the gospel, you're in the pulpit, trying to teach people how to change their lives, and you yourself have a, an addiction. Situation. Wow. Wow. You have a huge situation. I was working for the post office. I couldn't, I just couldn't go into um, an addiction center, a rehabilitation center. I couldn't do it. My pride wouldn't allow me to do that. Oh, that's not good. I mean, I, I, I tried. I, I mean, I really, really tried um, every single day um, trying to give, get rid of that addiction, and it just kept gnawing at me. And sometimes I, sometime I would let it go, sometimes for months. I remember even a whole year, and then get a pain, right, right back on it, right back on it. And it wasn't until I, I couldn't talk to anybody, couldn't even talk to my wife. Couldn't talk to my brother or my sister. My mother was still alive at the time. Couldn't talk to her. I didn't trust a brother in Christ because I felt I would get um, condemned. That's what I was about to ask you because, you know, I, I, I see this a lot in young people. We don't want to go talk to somebody because we're afraid that they're going to lay a hammer on us. And I understand rebuke and exaltation and stuff like that but that times a that's that's a time for that you get what i'm saying and when you have a young person or a person in general walk up to a minister that they, the the minister first shouldn't go well you're living in sin no that's not the first you thing know, you say you you go ahead and you 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 need to assess the situation by the leading of the holy spirit of sure. course but in my in my opinion of that when you hear a, a brother in Christ come, look, I have an issue. And the first thing they tell you is, oh, you're doing something wrong. You know, It reminds me of Job and his three friends. Mm. Job went up to his three friends and said, listen, guys, I'm going through a trial and tribulation. Instead of them saying, Lord, look, let's pray with you, Job. Let's see what's going on. Right. Job, what you doing wrong, bro? Yeah. Why, why are you sinning like that? Why You get what I'm saying? They, they, yeah. And, yeah. and, you know, it had to take the Lord to 
show him, look, you didn't do nothing wrong. And the Lord even used Job to say, hey, you go rebuke your friends for doing that. Right. Mm -hmm. So I just, in that, I agree with you on that. You know, when somebody goes up to the altar, don't lay a hammer down. Lay, give a hand out. Right. And say, look, how can I help? Because iron sharpening iron. We talked about that yesterday in the men's uh, meeting. You know, exactly. right? It, it's good to know that any one of us could be in that situation. But this, this is a thing, and and it it came back to me. We talked about compassion. Yeah, a while back. Yeah, a brother has problems with something. Maybe you don't know what it is, but he he's crying out for help. That's where you show compassion. That's mm -hmm. where you go and, and you put yourself in his place and feel, say, Lord, show me or, or help me to understand what he's going through so I can pray with him or help him, you know? That's what compassion is, is when you see somebody that's looking for help, you don't know what to do. You don't know what they need help with. But the thing is, it's to show compassion and show mercy to that person and yep. pray with them and, and love them. Well, you know? it also goes to the point of the church, though, too, Bowen. You know, funny how we're talking about this tonight. Uh, we had a men's meeting at the church yesterday, and we kind of brought this up. Brother James brought it up. He said religion. Religion, you know, exactly. You, know, you have a, a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ that is struggling, and you, you say you're afraid to go. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you the reason you were afraid? Because nobody was showing compassion to other people. That a little yeah. pride had a lot to do right. with it. Well, um, pride's a big issue in the church. You know, in, in churches, um, the go-to person is the preacher. Right. And people flock around a preacher because they feel that he knows how to live. You know, he's the one that can quote the scriptures, can preach. He's the one that could tell you where to go for this scripture. He, he always have the right words. But then when you caught in an ordeal and I'm going to tell you this is a big sin around the nation with preachers preachers are diving in pornography mm -hmm. alcoholism got it That's um, right. spousal yeah. abuse yeah. divorce yeah. All, they're, they're just like the world very much like the world but you don't hear about it it's, it's hidden under yeah. the doormat under, of the church that's right you know and sometimes the church do know of existing sin with a preacher and they won't do nothing they won't do anything there because then it looks like they're they're getting shunned yep. because they belong to that group you see so there's a identity problem with that situation and that's what i was dealing with an identity issue and i didn't want to be shunned i didn't want to be uh, ridicule. I didn't want to be accused. You didn't want to be labeled as a hypocrite, basically. Definitely, right? yeah, yeah. definitely, so, definitely. And, yeah. and look, look that, that, that's where the point I come to. Come back. You didn't see compassion, but at the same time, like you're talking about these pastors and stuff. You know, first of all, pastors are human beings. They do mm -hmm. make. I know a pastor personally that dealt with pornography. Mm -hmm. He overcame it. Now he was open with his church. He said, sure. "Look, I have this issue." The I need to get thing. it fixed. The and guess thing. what? The church didn't hide it. They helped him. And yeah. that's what the church is there for. But at the same time, pride plays a big issue into that. But a lot of these preachers that are standing behind pulpits, they're not really right with God either. Because they, they, they maybe became a pastor for the right reasons. But after a while, and that's why we all have to be careful. Even with this podcast, Cajun Conservative, wherever job we're at, 
we don't get so comfortable that we forget who put us in that position. Yeah, there you go. And a lot of these pastors, and look, I'm not 100%. against a pastor getting paid, but at the same time, a pastor needs to be careful that, look, he don't look at that as, it's just my job. I got to help out Mr. Kent or Bowen or, right. oh, this person's come and talked to me again. I, they talked to me 27 times last <laughs> month. That it, that a pastor's a pastor's position is not a job; it's a calling. It is, and and, and not to, and for a pastor to start saying to fall, start diving into sin. First off, he like he takes his eyes off the mark, which is Christ and crucified. But then it's oh, I'm thinking this is a job, and he lets the job overwhelm him. Right. Uh, I don't know if you re- I don't know if y'all were there. I know Aubrey was there. Remember when Pastor Jeff Lee came um, a few months ago when we opened up the church, and he said that. There's a lot. I forgot the percentage of pastors that are resigning mm-hmm. in a year. It's like ten to fifteen percent of pastors, and by by five years, half of pastors resign or something like. It's something of that nature. But it's and when they ask them why, oh, the job's overwhelming. Mm. Well, I hate to tell you, like God called me to be a youth pastor, and the, and all the other callings He's given me, sometimes it is overwhelming. But I'm not quitting. Because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. Right. When you look at um, many of the men in the Bible, the only one that lived the law, lived a righteous life in the Bible was Jesus. Yep. Every man, every woman in the Bible that you read about was sinners. Yep. Yeah. Of some yeah. level. Yeah. You, you think about Hosea, who was married to basically a prostitute. Right. You know, he even had to buy her back. What what kind of um, ridicule he heard? What what kind of accusations he heard? You know what kind of embarrassment he had to go through. He was a real person. He he had. You know the the benefit of all of that that God shows us these different stories. He lets us know that we are like these folks. Yeah, yeah. But he sent his son that bore all of that upon himself on the cross. And it allows us to be free. And by us being free, we get an opportunity to have a relationship with God. If Christ didn't come, we would not have that relationship. We would just still be in our sin, dead in our sins. But the problem, I think, with what we have in our nation in our world as nobody will say hey i've I done that i've done that and this is the lesson i learned from that well it lines up with scripture right confess your faults one to another right. that you can edify the body yeah. that's so right. that you can be healed yeah you can be yeah. healed so it's not to and look that's the bad thing nowadays somebody called, raises their hand right and says i have a problem and they get that staring glare or they get that rebuke well you know it's wrong right that's why i'm raising my hand <laughs> you get what i'm saying right instead of saying all right now you confess your sins let's bring it up to the lord right and let's let the Lord start dealing with you, and let's start right. helping you in this process of being re- being brought back to the Lord. Right. Because I, I've learned in, in incidents where people do that, but they still go back to their sin. They're expecting sure. the church to hold them up. Well, that's a whole different argument right there. Sure. The church can lead you to Christ, but if you don't stay in Christ, well, it's not the church's fault. It's that person's right. fault. But a person that's really in Christ, and they say, I, I need help. I'm struggling with addiction of alcoholism i'm dealing with addiction in pornography i'm dealing with 
you can name any sin. Sure. And that person, the, uh, me as a brother in the Lord, would say, look, I'm going to pray with you, and we're going to help you get closer to the Lord so you can defeat this thing. Because sure. at the end of the day, the only way we defeat sin is not on our own accord. Sure. Because you, you said it yourself earlier with the pills. You you stop for a year. Mm-hmm. But when that pain hit. Yeah, right back. Right back. But And I, I, I haven't finished hearing your testimony. We're going to hear it, finish hearing it in a few minutes. Mm-hmm. But... Uh, nine out of ten, Jesus helped you overcome that, that get oh, you over that victory, definitely, and, and that finish line. To and uh, I can I can understand your position. You were in leadership, and it would look bad, but guess what? But God, God can take anybody in in that position. So. Yeah, he he wants to humble you as low as you can go yeah. in order for, so you can hear His voice and be led by Him. The problem with us is that we put ourselves in front of that yep. that, you, that guidance. You, you know, you said you said the right word. Yep. It's self. Yeah, self is the problem. You're right. Yeah, you're exactly right. Self pride, self pride. I, me. You know, all that. Yep. It all needs to get out of the way. You know, you know, when I start thinking about I, I start saying I, I, I. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said. Yeah. Mr. Kent, we're going to uh, continue this on the other side of the break. Uh, please stay tuned uh, for the second segment of Brother Just Searching. We'll be back in just a few moments. You're not watching Brothers Just Searching. May I ask why? They're terrific, you guys. They're just terrific. Here's looking at you, kid. Welcome back, everybody, to Brothers Just Searching. This is the second segment of our show tonight, and we're talking to Mr. Ken Carmouche. You want to say it right? <laughs> you have uh, uh, giving a testimony of his life and very powerful. And we, I know we got into a discussion at the end of that, but a uh, great discussion. That, that's how iron sharpening iron, right there. You know. Mm-hmm. So, uh, brother, uh, brother Ken, if you want to continue on from, sure. you know, you said you you couldn't, you didn't feel like you could go to, to sure. people because of pride and. You the, the the you didn't see compassion right. and uh, start from right there from your testimony. Well, great. Um, no, I didn't think I could share this with anybody, so I was in quite a dilemma at that time. And you know, I think all bad things aren't really bad things mm. when you look at it in the scope of life. If you got God on your side. Yeah. God never left me, even though I was embarrassed, even though I didn't feel that I can trust anybody with this information that I was going through. He was still there watching. He was still still there with me. And a crazy thing happened. Uh, I worked at a post office in Baton Rouge, and I was pushing some mail. It was this... Um, cart that uh, had wheels on it and you can load up to about 900 pounds and I, I was rolling it for dispatch and pushed it in, 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 a, in its place ready for dispatch on the dock and I heard like a cracking of a two by four you know like, mm. like a branch you know it was my back oh. Oh. I fell on the floor Rushed to Lady of the Lake Hospital, and I didn't return back to work. I didn't return at all. I did 13 years on workman comp. Wow. While I was on workman comp, I um, started working on 
trying to get out of this pool, this tug of war that I, I was going through. And I didn't want to go to a rehabilitation center. I didn't want to talk to anybody. God started working in my life. And it was one day at a time. I, would, I had this prayer closet in my house. It was big, as huge walk-in prayer closet. I'd just go in there and just kneel. And I cry. And I'm a type of person that I don't cry. I don't cry. But when you're in danger, when you feel scared that you can lose your life from your addiction and you don't know where to turn, um, all I could do is just kneel and cry to God. And I said, I, I was up for this fifth surgery. And I remember going to this surgery, laying on the preparation table, and I had a solemn prayer. I said it in my mind to God, if you could, you don't have to fix my back, but just help me get through this process. Help me get through these days, these months, these years. And um, I said, don't take the pain from me. But if you help me through this, I will serve you. I'll surrender my life. I'll give everything up. And I came out of the surgery. It took a while for me to recover. Uh, even today, this was over 20 years ago. Even today, I have some level of pain. Every day I have some level of pain. But he taught me how to cope with it. He took me on a journey, an educational journey. You remember I said I took my grade point average down to a certain. I started, my wife and I started having grandkids. And I wanted to do something that would be remembered by my, my family for generations. And I decided to go back to college. I got into this um, um, veteran Applebaum at the university to um, kind of help me go back and relearn what I've learned in high school. You know, certain s subjects like algebra and um, English and science that prepare me for school. And I, I went back into college at 2010. Here I am, I'm about 47 years old. I'm a non-traditional student. Everything was scary. Every single thing was scary. Nobody looked like me. In fact, I go into classes and I'm older than the professor. <laughs> you know, it's, it's just the way it was. But God put in my heart to be an example and to show his glory before people, what he can do, how he can change, transform a person. That's what he done. I've been in college ever since 2010. Cool. I've received an economics degree, an MBA, an MBA, and I'm working on a doctoral degree in educational leadership. By him allowing me to do those things, he has given me the seat at the table, so to speak, to be able to talk to people who come from communities that been marginalized 
uh, underserved communities. Um, and many of those communities, one, one person said, I think, Lanny, your dad earlier, dad, um, the church is now resembling the world. Communities look like the world. Divorce rate is identical between the two, the church and the world. Well, we need individuals to do amazing things. Not to say that I've done anything amazing, but to shine and bring glory to God, saying that he changed me, he transformed me. It's the same identical stories that we have that you have told me, many of you have told me this evening about yourselves or how you established this, this podcast and how it, it came to be, how it evolved into what it is today. It's, you see, we're just instruments. And when we humble ourselves and let God hold our steering wheel, so to speak. He will direct our path. He will bring us to success, and we will help many, many people in what he allows us to do. So my, my testimony continue to be written by God, not by me, by, by God. And he has allowed me in spaces that I never dreamed of, never dreamed. I'm an algebra teacher at this uh, high school. I work with Bowen, and, you know, it's, it's what the world brings to you. It's kind of like what we bring to God. We bring ourselves, but we bring ourselves tarnished and, and stained and dirty. And even the Bible says that we, we like filthy rags before God. We come unclean, but God touches us, and he cleans us up by his son's blood. And then he presents us before the world. And we go out there and shine our lives around the community. And we bring salt to the community and bless their lives by how God have changed our lives. So we, we continue, my wife and I, we partners in, in my, my development because it's not only helped me, but it helped develop my family as well. And... I'm going to tell you something. I never had any sons. I have a grandson, and I'm raising him. He never known his dad. His dad is alive. If he had to sit as close as I am sitting to you four guys, you four brothers, the dad wouldn't know the son, and the son wouldn't know the wow. dad. But Wouldn't know him. But you know who he knows? You. He knows me. And I told him, I said, I want you to call me dad. They've been calling me dad all their lives. I think every child have to have that kind of person in their life. Yes. Right. And when That's he, right. like I told him, when he turns 18 years old, he can call me granddad, <laughs> but not, not a second before. Right. Right. You know, because you need a dad. You need me to mentor you, to, to, to mold you to a young man. And I'm going to tell you, I share of how God has brought me from some, something insignificant to something a little bit more significant. Not, I haven't developed to what God has created me to be, but I'm constantly trying to become that individual he created me to be. And the best is yet to come. That's right. You know, I'm not here because of 
I just drove down the road and I stopped for some water. It was a divine intervention. God wanted me to meet you guys because you guys are doing something awesome right here. And I knew y'all see God working um, behind the scenes, developing y'all and helping y'all to reach the masses throughout this country. We need that. We need young brothers to stand up, be steadfast and immovable, stand in the gap that has been widened for so long to, to share the good news, to share the gospel. We need to hear that good news. We need to embrace that good news and know that there's hope. There's hope. If we have faith, we can believe in that hope. Now, the hope is not seen, but the one day that hope will be seen. And that's what we believe that's in. Right. One, God going to take you guys to places that you cannot imagine right now. I could not imagine me teaching children mm-hmm. back when I was 18, 19 right. years old. Praise God. You know, in bars, doing things I should not be doing. But now, you know... I'm right there helping the next generation or two generations, three generations behind me. You know, you told me something earlier. I mean, I don't know if you want to bring that up, but I want to share that with these guys. You can share it too, but he stepped down from being bishop. He was a bishop at one time. He stepped down. You want to tell him why you stepped down? Yeah, I... I do a lot of things. Um, I'm very instrumental with veterans. I'm instrumental in trying to make sure that my my grandson is taken. He's an athlete. He's 13 years old. I want to make sure that every person I put his him in, any every coach, don't drop him because he's been dropped before by his biological dad. I, I want to protect him as, as long as I can, as long as God will give me the strength and the life to do that. But I also realize that one day he's going to be the only man in the family. I'm going to be gone. And he's going to have to keep, keep being there for the family as a male in the family. And if he doesn't learn from me right now, if I don't make the time for him right now, then there's problems. There's going to be problems for my whole family. I'm depending on him. The family is depending on him. So I have to give him time. So sometimes you have to step down from things that you enjoy doing in order to make sure that someone else can gain, can be successful. And that's what I'm trying to do. At the same time, I'm trying to get a degree for a couple reasons. For my grandkids is one reason. And for the many veterans that they have out there who have the benefits, educational benefits, but won't use it. Wow. You know how you were saying earlier about, like, leaving the legacy for the next children? You know, I I think I asked a lot of people that question. I was like, you know, I talked to them about some things. I said, what's going to be your legacy? Mm-hmm. You know, we have the world. They have their legacy, and it's all about them. You know, it's like, you know, I'm a great actor. I'm a great singer. It's all about me. And, True. You know, but as a Christian, there's nothing wrong. I actually had a Christian person look at me funny when I said that. I said, you know, we as Christians, we're supposed to have a legacy. And he looked at it like, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I never heard this before. 
I said, well, when you die, when you're a Christian, you're supposed to leave something behind. You know, it's not what you, it's not what you, it's not what you do now. It's what you leave behind you that counts. You know, so when you said that, it kind of got my attention. That's why I wrote my books like I did. I was like, man, what I'm gonna leave as a Christian legacy? What I'm gonna leave behind for the next generation or for this generation? And so that's what drove me to do what I did. So I was pretty encouraged when, when you said that. You know. You know, I'm gonna share something. And I had a brother tell me this. We're sitting down. He said, you know, Tibo. He said, you're gonna leave something behind that. Nobody in the family can leave behind. I said, what's that? He said, we'll be able to watch that YouTube and watch you while you're gone. Mm -hmm. He said, that's a legacy. We'll be able to see you on there. Amen. We'll be able to listen to you. We'll be able to hear you you minister the gospel. And when he told me that, Ken, it it just touched my heart. Amen. Because really and truly, if y'all think about it, I am leaving the most powerful thing behind is the preaching of the gospel of Jesus Christ on YouTube. That is the most powerful thing you can leave. You're bringing that up, Bowen. Uh, The other day, my dad was listening to David Wilkerson, Mm -hmm. The Cross and the Switchblade. Mm -hmm. And my dad was like, Isaac, listen to this. And David Wilkerson was preaching in the 70s, this message. And he was talking about a lot today. He was prophesying it. A great student of, of Christian ministers would know David Wilkerson was a good prophet. Yeah. A lot of things he prophesied came to, came pass. to pass already. And that, that made him a mark. He was a prophet. But just think about legacy. Imagine if David Wilkerson would have said, mm, I'm not going to New York and I'm not going to meet Nikki Cruz. Right. Or I'm not going to go ahead. David Wilkerson's sermons are still being heard. He's still winning souls to the God. Billy Graham. Billy Graham is with the Lord. He's still winning souls to Brother Swagger. is. 88, 89, Eight, almost 90. Almost 90. Yeah, he's still preaching, but you know how many classic crusades? He's done. He's done. And you know how many people have come up to him recently and said, listen, we were in that crusade in that back crusade. in 78, yeah. 79, mm-hmm. 80, and we got saved that day. So, you know, leaving, a, like, I, I love how you put it, you you left something, but at the same time, you you were feeling God's, God's call in your life. You know, a lot, of, a lot of people look at this and they say, well, Isaac, are you you called to be a minister and all? Yeah, God has called me. But first off, you got to make sure your house is right before you do that. Sure. Then, But secondly, a lot of people say, oh, I'm going to be a preacher. And maybe that's what, now I'm not saying that wasn't like, that's not the time and call God had on your life at that time. But you have to heed to God's calling. You have to heed to what God is calling you to do. And if God told you, look, put that to the side right now. Because I want you to focus on your grandson and focus on this. You're giving glory more to God, right? In the classroom. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you you could be ministering to people as a That's bishop right. or a pastor, but I I'm gonna say this from because I'm I've been involved with the youth. Youth is very influential, and you're doing you're teaching them kids math, but at the same time you're teaching them life lessons. Oh, yeah. definitely, oh, definitely, definitely. And, and yeah. you know. They they might go thinking they're gonna have a classroom because I think uh, the, the school you're part of is a Christian. Uh, uh, well, it's yeah. not a Christian yeah, school, but yeah, very disciplined. It, it's okay. a very, very disciplined school. Yeah. But the thing is, I, I told that to you at 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 his at his dad's house. I told this to you. you. Remember, I told you I had been praying for the school. I've been praying for the kids. I've been praying for the teachers. I've been praying that God would do something and move. He's a minister. 
They got another man that's at the church right now that's a minister. So God is sending ministers into that school. So think about it. God's moving, man. God is fixing to do something in that school. You know, just by me lifting up that school, lifting up them kids, lifting up the teachers, praying for that school. I got men of God coming there to teach these kids. Now, what you think God's doing? God is moving. God is fixing to do something. And he's going to do something. You know, mm-hmm. most of these kids are going to hear about, about Jesus from him, from the other one that I talk about, the one that wants us to go, go to his church and do a live service, him. And they got some other ones. They got some other teachers in there that are Christian that, that talk about the gospel. So, you know, guys, it, it's not, you know, it, it, it's, it's really nice to see what God can do when you're in the midst of it. Well, it, it, Boogie, remember that movie, Last Flight Out? You remember that part of that missionary said, there's no better place than being in the center of God's right will. Right in the center of God's will. Because yeah, a, a lot of people might say, well, God told you to step down, and you step down from being a bishop? You're doing work. You're still doing the work of an evangelist. That's right. right? That's you're still right. doing the work of the Lord. And that's where a lot of people... I'm gonna say I'm trying to say it in the best possible way. A it's not of, the typical way everybody expects you to go about yeah, it. But I'm, well, I'm, I'm gonna use. Try it to could say it like be this. more influ- influential than mm-hmm. well, like, I believe so. Like a lot of people yeah. are asking God, "What is my calling?" And the first thing they think of is being on a stage behind mm-hmm. a pulpit. Sometimes your calling is not to That's be a right. pastor. That's right. It might not. Be. Well, look, you're, you're part of the five-four ministry. Your teachers.
through the years. I worked hard as a young man. I'm a workaholic. But as you get older, things start shifting. And you're not as passionate about certain things. And what I became is passionate about being a servant, just a servant. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Yeah, just a servant. That's all I want to be is a servant. You need this done, I'll do it. You need me to do this, I don't mind doing it without Mm -hmm. any complaining, without any grumbling. You know, I'd rather give that up and then be a f- more effective somewhere else where I have a renewed passion. I've been recreated. And you have to go with the flow of life. Life should not be straight. You got crooked, crooked roads and valleys and hilltops that you have to travel. It's not certain. You, can't, you don't know what's going to happen in the next minute. It's so unpredictable. But if you allow God to guide you through your life and you do a surrender life to him and you say, Lord, let me keep my eyes on you and you lead me, he, he won't drop you. He will lead you where you really want to be. And I'm, I guarantee you, when we get old and we're on that deadbed, we're going to have family that circle our bed because you guys are loving guys. You're caring guys. You're serving guys. As I see you guys, you're going to have family. We're going to have family around our bed. But you know who else is going to be there? The Lord. Well, he'll be there too. But all the gifts that God put in you, the talents going to be there alongside mm. of your family and friends and the ones that you didn't use that are going to be telling you we came to you we offered ourselves to you but you never used us wow. and yeah. now we got to yeah. die with you being yeah. never used yeah. so we talk about legacy we got to live our life the way Jesus lived his life and the way Paul lived his life That's and the right. way the apostles yeah. lived their life. They squeezed their life till there was no more life in them and then they were killed. Yeah. But they died ready to enjoy eternal life and be in the bosom of Abraham in the promised land. So we, we, we forget that as Christians. We forget that we only here for a short length of time and we can't play. The Bible says we must redeem the time. We can't play with time because it's short. No matter if we live to be 100 years old, Jesus says, it's short. Oh, yeah, it's short. Well, you reminded me of it. It's funny how you mentioned that brother uh, Tony Evans yeah. is uh, doing, he did a series, and he had it on Spotify. It was talking about God's up to doing great things. I think it was talking about faith. Mm-hmm. And he made that point. He said, you know, it's a shame. He said, you hear a Christian 20, 30, 40 years. You ask him, what you doing for God? Oh, I'm still looking. Mm-hmm. You've been saved for that long. Yeah. You don't know what God. Well, yeah. I'm still praying about it. And yeah. sometimes you, you got to, you know, the Lord's telling you, but you don't want to do that. So that's why you know, maybe you all agree with me or not. I, 
I think we got some lazy Christians sometimes, <laughs> and they just uh, they want to make it to heaven, but that's all they want to do. So yeah. unfortunately, so well, like me for example, I was going through a lot, and uh, I was going through a lot of teenage stuff, you know, and I was just you know I was struggling with a lot of things, and I was asking the Lord, I said, Lord, you know, you saved me for a reason, you know, what what you want me to do. You know, sometimes God is, you know, I heard a preacher say one time, God will show you, but sometimes he's actually waiting, too, for you to come and surrender. And, see, you know, kind of like when uh, Apostle Paul said when he made with Jesus, he said, what you want me to do? So I was like, and I was just looking up some books one day, and God just touched my heart. And I kind of noticed a gift that uh, I had. And notes, you use, you know, you lose it when you're a certain age. And so it happens I still had that gift of imagination. And God showed me one day, I was watching a film one day, and he made me realize how powerful the media was. Right. He showed me how powerful a book was or a story was or a movie. And he says, book, watch people. Don't watch the movie. Watch the people. Watch the movie. I never did that before in my whole life. And I looked around. I saw how they were... They were, they were they were like they were yeah. not hypnotized, but they like, grabbed them. Sure. And I was like, and God says, well, I gave you a gift of imagination book. I want you to use stories to bring people to mm. me. So sometimes little things like that, God mm-hmm. will show you. Mm-hmm. And you know, without a doubt, you know, that's what he called you to do. So sometimes it's not hard if you have a willing heart to do it. I would say this. Um, I'm a huge NBA fan. And you guys know Kobe Bryant, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, I never really cared for Kobe Bryant, to be honest <laughs> with you. Be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't start liking him until he passed away. I started reading up about him. I thought he was arrogant. I thought he was selfish with the ball. But, but I started reading about him, and I seen. I, I began to see why he worked so hard. He was passionate about basketball. He was, he didn't, he knew that life is short and that he enjoyed. But the funny thing about Kobe, he won five rings in the NBA. You would think that would be enough, right? When when he retired, he had to recreate himself. He became a storyteller. Bug, yeah. He became a story. He started writing children books. You know what? He won an Oscar. He won an Oscar. You talk about a disconnect right there, a re a recreation. But you know, God is just uh, look. He created the universe. He created us. You try to. You don't have to look far. You just look at yourself and see yeah. how unique I have a and how problem. wonderfully you. Um, you you've been created. Yeah. But man, book having that imagination <coughs> is valuable. I mean, Kobe won an Oscar for writing stories after winning five NBA championships. You know you know that reminds me of something though, always striving. It don't matter how much you accomplish, God always got something else for you too. Exactly. You got it, you got it. When God closes one door, yeah. you don't just say, "Well, I'm done. I did my right. calling." God might say, "No, that that's that's done for that season." It, that's but. right. And look, Isaac, um, we can't rate what we do. Yeah, no, we can't. You know, I mean, Kobe could have said, "Well, I, I'm not going to make the kind of money I was making and ain't writing stories." Mm. But look how much of something that seems so 
minute and yeah. so insignificant was so valuable. So look, if God calls you to do something, don't don't uh, don't be idle. Don't procrastinate. Don't don't wait. Do it. Go with it and see what happens. And if it doesn't work, he'll tell you. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mr. Ken, thank you for coming tonight. Oh, my uh, pleasure. That was, that was the end of your testimony. Yes, sir. Oh, okay. I just yes, want to make sir. sure. Yes, sir. I'll, I'll yes, take sir. another break if we have to. Yes, uh, sir. Well, but, I appreciate it. Yeah, we enjoyed you uh, You coming along. You know, you know. I, I pray for you, though. I'm going to be honest. I do pray for you. You work with Bo, and I pray for you. They got to pray for you. They have no choice. Uh, he's a good guy. I love, I love him. You, you will learn patience very well. <laughs> I, I will say, when he work, he work. Yeah, you know, he good. doesn't stop. You know, So he's not afraid of work. He, get, he gets 120%. It, it's a Roban thing. It's a Roban thing. It's a Robin thing. <laughs> Mr. Ken, uh, can, if somebody wants to talk to you or they want to get in touch with you, I know you do have a little ministry still. Yes. Uh, where can they find you? Well, I'm at the American Legion, to be honest with you. Okay. And I do a lot of work helping veterans um, increase their benefits, uh, their compensation, uh, even if you have nothing, you can start with something. We all help you do that. And I, I, you know, I'm getting sick and tired of seeing veterans um, panhandling on the corner when they're better than that. They they, they are, are American better. bride and joy. But sometimes life knocks you down real hard. And <sighs> I, I like to try. I believe God is blessing me to help veterans get an upper hand in life. Um, get on their feet. Um, stop. Um, stop um, the embarrassment of them being on the corner as a veteran holding signs saying, "I'm a veteran. I need to eat." Uh, America should do a better job, but also veterans have to take the initiative. So, yep. yes. um, you know, we we shouldn't be a, a handout society. We should be a, a, a hand up society. You know, so that's mm-hmm. so. Um, my number is area code three three seven five zero four one one eight three, and I'm located at the American Legion, post five zero four, at six zero three Clifford Road in Lafayette, Louisiana. Mr. Ken, thank you, thank you for your service. By the oh, way, thank I, you. I, I didn't I didn't think about saying that at the beginning, you know. But appreciate thank you it. Appreciate for it. you're serving uh, America and protecting our freedoms. Mm-hmm. So appreciate I'm that. from a. a, 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 a Constitutional conservative, so I want to say that <laughs> I am too. Hey, hey you, see too. That? you see? Well, I we am. do have the other. We do have the too. We can just go to the next <laughs> room and talk about yeah. it. <laughs> well, Mr. King, thank you for coming and Bowen. Thank so you, inspired. man. Yeah, appreciate that. I thank love you. Mr. King. Yeah. King, you gonna be a good friend. So I, 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 I guess you will be back. I get you know sometime. You, you know. invite me, I appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. The doors open. You heard what his daddy said, His daddy will invite. If I could come and drink a cup of coffee, that's oh, fine. Hey, and I'm hey. sorry about the coffee. Oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Next offer, time we get, we get some coffee, so we'll get some coffee it. for you. But we, we, we'd be glad to have you come I back. Appreciate you know? mm-hmm. I appreciate mean, even, that. I mean, even if we're talking about a topic, you know, yep. you could come and, and sit any, in and, and, you know, help anytime, out on the topic, man. And you, we we might, we'll try to get Bo and so worth it that he turned red in the face. I've seen hey. him red. <laughs> that sun hot. Yeah, I've but they're not red. talking about the sun. They're talking about when we're talking that's, about something. That's a story for all oh, fair. No, but yeah. anyway, 
With that, with the yeah, yeah, I, I just wanted to say, uh, you're officially a brother. Oh, he's been a brother to me, man. Oh, yeah, I, I, I believe you. I love I Mr. That. Ken. I, I love Mr. That. Ken. He's a good guy. So, with that being said, we ran out of time, guys, unfortunately. But that's okay. We're back next week. What a great topic. Go ahead and check us out. Uh, go ahead and check us back. Check back with us next week. But before you do that, if you're not subscribed, you have to hit the subscribe button or the follow button on the platform it's you're listening so worth on. It. If you're on YouTube, hit the bell. The bell tells you everything. The bell tells you when we have a new episode. It tells you when we put out a short. Something like that. Don't hit the bell. Helps out more than you know here. Also, go check out our merch store. Boogie's wearing a little bit of the merch right now. Aubrey, you are too. Sure My shirt is yeah. at the house in the closet. <laughs> I don't have a shirt. you got to get one. Anyway, go check out our merch store at bgsmediastore.com. And uh, you can go ahead and buy hats. You can buy shirts. You can buy coffee mugs. Everything. All that good stuff. And it helps us out. It helps us grow this ministry. A lot of people ask, how do we, how can we help your ministry? Well, BGS Media yeah. on Cash App. Go right. ahead and donate to us uh, on there. Uh, the link will be in the description. I believe LB. Is that true? Link in the description? For, yes. Mm-hmm. Cash App. Link is in the description. Also, though, if you buy a shirt, or you go check out our website. That helps out more, too. So yes. with that being said, I'm Isaac Hayes, along with Anthony Hayes, Aubrey Box, Bowen Robin, and Mr. Keith Komosh. We will see you next week. Remember, Jesus Christ is king. He's coming back, and he's coming back soon. So don't be faint of heart, because Jesus has overcome the world. If you know Jesus, your Lord and Savior, reach out to us at brotherjustsearchingpodcast at gmail.com. One of us guys will get with you. We'll tell you how to make Jesus your Savior in heaven, your home. Until next time, be blessed.